What's going on and welcome into another game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. The Pelicans wrap up preseason play tonight in New Orleans as they take on Drew Holiday and the Milwaukee Bucks. That's certainly weird to say. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but it's also uh, a chance for you all to watch the game tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans. You'll get to see these two shining faces that I get to see right now, and that's Joel Myers and Antonio Daniels. Of course, Jen Hale will be on the call as well. Fellas, uh, happy game day to you both. I know you both are excited to to be on the call tonight. Well, I, I'm I'm incredibly excited. It, it's we're back to to live basketball, and um, as crazy as the year 2020 has been, you know, I couldn't be more excited to to get back to calling games with Joel and Jen, and to see some familiar faces in the Smoothie King Center. You know, to see you, to see Todd, to see JD, to see Caroline. So. Um, I'm definitely excited and, and blessed to be calling uh, these games. And we're all blessed to be covering one of the it teams of the league. Yeah, and I agree with AD and, and Daniel. It's just anything resembling normal is what we need. And thank God the vaccine is starting to be distributed. And hopefully in a few months, more and more people are going to be with us at the Smoothie King Center. So I, I agree with AD. Can't wait. Can't wait for Wednesday as well, where we start 72, where it's a game just about every other day, if not back to backs. Uh, it, this is really healthy for all of us. So, yes, they, I'm on the same with AD. And I can't wait to see all of our colleagues, all of our friends, and our extended family. That's what it boils down to. Because during the season, people don't realize we spend more time with everybody that we work with than we mm -hmm. do with family. So it is extended family. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well said. And Joel, from your perspective of calling the game for the first time since, you know, early March, you're actually going to see this team live in person. How different is that going to be from, you know, calling the games off the monitor in the bubble, um, being able to see this team live on the court? That's certainly going to be something to get used to again, right? Yeah, I can't wait to see the, the relationship that they develop and, and the way they respond to each other. Because what we saw on Monday, and I know it's only a preseason game, but Hey, Eric Bledsoe wasn't on the floor. J.J. Redick was on the floor. While Miami didn't have Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic, the Pels didn't have their full complement. But you could see already the discipline that this team has because and I did something with Stan and Griff yesterday, and we talked about it. They had eight turnovers in the first, what, eight minutes of the game? They only had three over the next 40 minutes. They really played a clean style of, of basketball. And, and as AD knows, and I want to hear AD's point of view as well, you can be fast in half court and you can have pace in half court sets. And I saw that with the Bells. They didn't rush things. They took their time and they didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, and I think that's important because when you play with pace, you can still play with pace and still be under control, still be deliberate, um, still know what you're looking for. And when Joel and I had the opportunity to interview Van Gundy, Coach Van Gundy, one of the things he continued to talk about was structure. And I don't think he was talking about structure in the full court. I think he was talking about structure in the half court. And one of the things that really stood out to me in the Miami game was half court sets that are deliberate in saying, we want to get this guy the ball right here, whether it was Zion or whether it was B.I. And on their sweet spot and at a point where they can take one dribble and they are at the rim. So being deliberate in a half court set, being structured in a half court set, but still giving them the freedom to get out and transition and go. You look at this team of last year, 
you know, scoring wasn't a problem. They averaged 116 points a game. And in the game against the Miami Heat, they put up 114 points per game while holding the Heat under 100. So there were a lot of good takeaways from that game on Monday. Again, it's just preseason, but when you only have two preseason games, you have to continue to build from game to game. AD, I'll stick with you. When you talk about it's just preseason, we hear that a lot. And some people like to take a lot from preseason games. Some people like to take very little from it. As a player, when you were going into preseason games, what were some of the things you were trying to work on, uh, whether it was two games, you know, back then there were a ton of preseason games right. um, when you play, but what are you and your, what were you and your team trying to focus on in those preseason games to get ready for the regular season? Honestly, I think the most important thing obviously is health. There's nothing more important than when the preseason is over going into the regular season with your full complement of players healthy. And when you're younger, you approach the preseason a little bit different. You know, if you're Kyra Lewis, if you're Zion Williamson, if you're Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you're still trying to adjust to the speed and tendencies of the players that you're going against. J.J. Redick has a completely different thought process. Steven Adams, you know, Eric Bledsoe, some of these guys that have been through the ringer a few times, this is not their first rodeo. But what I love is this is new because you are still trying to, to get into it with everybody. You're trying to learn on the fly. Everybody is still trying to learn everyone. Steven Adams is trying to learn Zion. Zion's trying to learn Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's trying to learn Kyra Lewis. So as new as this still may be for some and as old as it may be for others, everyone is still trying to get adjusted to Coach Van Gundy, what he wants, his style, defensive and offensive schemes. And Joel, it seems like from what we've heard from David Griffin on Pelicans Weekly and some of the players, you know, I feel like they value this practice time a lot more than maybe particularly the games just because of, you know, how much they're trying to learn a new system, especially on the defensive end. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I want to go back to Monday for a second, Joel, and talk about the play of Brandon Ingram because it just seemed like, you know, we saw this all last year, you know, 25 and five for a lot of the games last year. How, how do you look on Monday to you? What, what stood out to you in, in the way he played? Confidence body language and leadership. When they left the floor, I saw him talking to a couple of guys like he was instructing, like he was saying, you know, if you're over there, it'll be better if you get there early to that spot early. And it was really healthy. So we know what Brandon Ingram can do now. Brandon Ingram's an all NBA talent. He's the, the bells for the next five years under contract and it's so healthy what he's doing and developing. And he's, he's truly the guy that's going to be the face of the franchise along with Zion. And what we've seen and what's developed, and it's we've been getting, as you have, Daniel and AD, we've been watching practice. Fortunately, Griff and, and Stan want us to be included, and we've been watching. Stan's a teacher. Right. He's been responding. And you can see in those videos that we've been watching every day and every night during practice, they're ex they want to be taught. They, they want to be coached. Stan is a teacher at heart. That's what his dad was. That is exactly what he is. So uh, what's developing? And then you bring in a guy like Stephen Adams, who's no nonsense, all business. And a AD can talk about it because he was over in OKC before he joined us. Uh, that's... It, it goes through the locker room. Everybody takes it seriously. And that's what I've seen on film more than anything else. Because remember, these practices, and Jackson Hayes alluded to it in one of his comments, 
these practices have been upwards of two and a half, three hours because it's all compressed. They don't have a regular camp. They don't have enough time, only two preseason games. And I told Stan yesterday when we were on and doing something with some sponsors, I was really happy to see Zion come back into the game. They need to get these guys in game condition. So everybody made a big deal of Zion playing 33 minutes. I thought it was great. These and and Zion, uh, AD and I did something with Zion the day before that, and he is real positive. Everybody's up right now. They're on the same page, and that's just connecting with your coach and your staff. And it's a it's a really good relationship developing very early. AD, I want to talk to you about Zion Williamson because I'm glad you brought him up. He he seemed like he was on another level on Monday just from the fact that he wasn't playing in burst. He wasn't restricted. He just felt comfortable enough to kind of do what he did, knowing that he was able to stay in the game for his normal minutes. How important is that for a young player to, you know, was probably thinking about that a ton last year as far as, oh, I'm going to get into the game, but I'm only going to play for four or five minutes. I have to get out. How much more comfortable did he look on Monday knowing the fact that he was able to play as many minutes as Stan McGunny was going to allow? Well, I, I think, you know, we all know basketball is a game of rhythm. It is a game of rhythm. And if you're playing in short bursts, it's very difficult mentally and physically to find the rhythm that you need to be impactful as you possibly can. What you saw on Monday is a Zion that came into training camp and into this preseason in shape with no restrictions. And you know what that brings? That preparation that, that he put his body through prior to training camp, it breeds confidence. And you can see it. You know, he only had 13 field goal attempts and he got to the line 11 times. That young man is, is, is very confident. He's very optimistic right now because he believes in his body. Things are completely different when you're playing in short bursts. And you're, you know, when in professional sports, it's more mental than anything else. So if you're not, if you're not comfortable with your strength, if you're not comfortable with your conditioning, if you're not comfortable with how your body feels at that time, that changes things. And what you saw on Monday is a young man that is confident, that is confident in his body, that is optimistic in the fact that he's no, he has no restrictions and that he can enter this preseason and regular season being the best version of himself. AD, I'm going to stay with you here as we go to the defensive side of the ball. And we heard it last year a lot. We're hearing again, as Stan Van Gundy wants to focus on communication on defense. And we were able to watch practice. And that was a big thing that was brought up that it wasn't because these players didn't like each other. It was the fact that it was just a quiet group. So when you're trying to fix communication on defense, is it just a matter of these guys talking with each yes. other? Is there more to it? I mean, what, what is behind as far as communication on defense? Communication on defense. It's a want to. And Coach Van Gundy told Joel and I that the other day. You know, it, it's something, it's about winning. It's not about whether or not you want to communicate. It's not whether or not you want to play hard. It's about whether or not you want to win. And that's what Van Gundy, Coach Van Gundy, is stressing to them. And this is a quiet team. And, you know, if you go all the way back to YMCA, CYO, AAU, middle school, high school, there is nothing more difficult to get players to do on a basketball floor to communicate. When you get off the floor, you won't stop talking. You won't stop talking to each other. When you're on the plane, when you're on the bus, you're constantly talking back and forth to each other. But to communicate on the floor is different. But that's what winning teams do defensively. They communicate on the floor. And Coach Van Gundy, from day one of training camp, from that day one, and we laughed with Zion about this a couple of days ago, that first training camp that was three hours, 
Zion said the first hour went by, I was like, okay, that was good on defense. And the second hour went by, I go, okay, yeah, it's a little more defense. And the third hour went by and it was more defense. Basically the mentality is different. They are pressing these guys and, and pushing these guys to be more defensively engaged and defensively focused because that's what winning basketball teams do. I love the mentality of Van Gundy. He does not talk about the offensive side of the ball like that, but he definitely talks about and is breathing the defensive side of the ball to these young men. I'm excited to see the potential of this team defensively. Before I let you both go, uh, as you all get ready for tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Bucks, uh, I want to get both of y'all's perspective of what you're looking for tonight in, in the preseason finale, you know, address rehearsal. We know that Stan's going to try to play his guys as much as he can, probably 10 or 11 guys to get them ready for next Wednesday. Joel, I'll start with you. When you're broadcasting the game tonight and wanting to see whether it's improvement, whether it's a certain player's development, uh, what do you want to see tonight in the in the preseason finale? Well, I, I also want to see continuity from the first game to the second game because now you're off to the races starting on Wednesday the 23rd. So I do want to see back up what they did defensively. And, and I agree with AD. You've got to remember this team gave up 117 points a game last year. They were 27th in the NBA in points allowed. So they're a little bit better off in defensive efficiency, but that only got better later in the year. So want to see that carryover. Giving up only 94 points to a Miami team that could score. With Hero and Hero look good on the floor, and Duncan Robinson was on the floor, Bam Adebayo. They had plenty of guys who could score, and the Pels did a good job at the defensive end of the floor. So carryover there at the defensive end. Then the discipline they showed at the offensive end. They didn't force things. 11 turnovers. And they, the last 40 minutes, three turnovers. So just building on that. And then AD knows about this. And I brought it up with Stan yesterday. It's the trust factor. The bond that you develop with your teammates. You don't have to be best friends off the floor. But once you get there, you're all business. And you develop that bond and that trust factor, and especially at the defensive end of the floor. This team's going to be able to score. That's, there's no question they are going to be able to score and they've got enough at that end of the floor. If they get it together defensively, then it's going to be a really good season. We already know it's a bright future. And they just had a, a, an anonymous GM survey and the Pels lap the field in who's got the best future and the best young core. They got 41% Memphis was behind them at 21%. Uh, there's a number of things. The toughest competitor, the GM said, Stephen Adams. There's a lot of positives going into the new season. This is a totally different team now. This is a total transformation of a franchise in the right direction and building the right way. So it'll, it's incremental steps. But what we saw on Monday was healthy and now carry over off of what we saw on Monday and develop that. What about you, AD? What do you want to say? I'm, 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 I'm the same way. I'm looking toward the defensive side of the ball. We have enough guys to score. You know, you have a point guard in Alonzo Ball that can, uh, that can push the ball like no one else in the league, that advances the ball like no one else in the league. You have Brandon Ingram, you have Zion Williamson. You know, you have uh, Eric Bledsoe, who's uh, a pit bull defensively, but pushes the ball offensively. For me, this comes down to the defensive side of the ball. I want to see this team continue to build on what they did on Monday. And honestly, don't worry about who's playing and who's not playing. You know, who knows how many minutes Giannis is going to play? Who knows how many minutes Drew Holiday is going to play? The Pelicans can't afford to be concerned with that. Continue to build defensively on what started from day one of training camp. 
That's on the defensive side of the basketball. The offensive end will take care of itself. We have enough guys to score. We have enough guys that can put the ball in the hole. But this team, as good as they are defensively, that will eventually carry over to increasing the pace of this team. So when you have 40% of your starting lineup is new, you want to see how that looks defensively, and you want to see the chemistry continue to grow every single day and from game to game. Good stuff there. That's Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, part of the Fox Sports New Orleans debut this season. Pelicans and Bucks tonight, 7 p.m. Pre-game coverage of 6.30. Also, Jen Hay will be on the sideline as well. Guys, I'm really looking forward to tonight. Um, I'll, I'll see you all there soon, and I thanks for the time today. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Daniel. All right, before we get out of here, I did want to play an interview I did with Rod Walker earlier this week. He wrote on NOLA.com about the passing of Bruce Seals, who spent his college days at Xavier University and then spent some time in the NBA and the ABA, most notably for the Seattle Supersonics. His jersey is hanging on the Raptors at Xavier's Basketball Stadium. And so uh, we did want to touch on that. I spoke to Rod earlier this week. You heard some of it on Pelicans Weekly last night. Here's my full conversation with Rod. Rod, I appreciate the time. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thanks for coming on. You wrote a great pre uh, piece here on, on Bruce Seals. I kind of just wanted to start, what did you learn about Bruce? How much did you know him before? And what did you learn about him when writing this article? Didn't really know a whole lot about him at all. Um, um, I, I had gone to Xavier's gym before and I'd seen the Supersonics jersey, but never really even connected all the dots, I guess, on that. But um, he's a guy that, you know, you know, if you, if you read the story today, one of the first things they talked about was, you know, he was 6'8" but he played much bigger than that. I mean, that's just who he was. He was a guy who was a really good rebounder, according to all accounts. You look at the stats, I mean, he's he still holds some records at Xavier for um, his rebounding. And um, just a really, just seemed like a hard-nosed guy that that really crashed the boards hard and, and, and just played really well for that team. And one of the best athletes to ever come through Xavier. I mean, he's a, he's a legend at that school. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I don't know if you know this by what you were uh, talking about in the article or who you asked, but, you know, you talked about in there how he passed up big schools to stay here and go to Xavier. Did you, did you know why he wanted to, to do that? And what did that mean for that school, knowing that, you know, he passed up a lot of big offers just to stay at Xavier to play? Well, I think for one, um, Xavier was really, really good at that time. They were starting to get – that was like the heyday of their program. But also – so Bruce went to school at Booker T. Washington here in New Orleans, and he had like four teammates from his high school that all went to Xavier. And I think those guys just they just kind of wanted to stay together, it seemed like, and um, and that's what he did. And you know, he's less than two miles from his high school, is where where Booker T. Washington is and where uh, Xavier is. And I think he just wanted to kind of just stay close. And uh, you know, you look at the time period that you know, you know the. <laughs> how the country was at that time. I mean, I think just, you know, going to an all black school may have been just the thing to do at that time. When you're looking at the landscape of new Orleans basketball, you have to go back and, and look at Bruce Seals. Where does he, where does he rack up there? Where does he stack up as far as uh, guys that maybe whether it was started evolving the game of basketball in new Orleans or, or kind of how he, you know, is someone that will always be remembered for, for what he did here in the city. I think he'll be remembered, especially for, for people who were, you know, keeping up with, um, basketball back then. I mean, I don't, I guess New Orleans didn't even have a, I'm not sure if that was, I don't know about the time period of that time, but I mean, he was definitely a guy that, that just, that people still talk about. And I you know when I, when I talked to people yesterday, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, I know who he is. So um, I think the older generation especially knows who he is. I mean, he wasn't an NBA all-star or anything. He played, you know, five years total, three in the ABA and 
to an NBA or vice versa. And um, so, I mean, he, and, and he had decent stats, eight, eight, nine points a game, I think, in the NBA. Uh, he wasn't like an NBA superstar by any means, but, I mean, he was a player that everybody knows, and he was on those – he played with the Supersonics when, you know, during their, their heyday. So, I mean, he's a guy that's that's very much uh, respected and definitely made his mark in, in New Orleans basketball. Yeah, you saw the tributes pouring in um, on Tuesday as well. I think I believe I saw Rajon Rondo post something on his Instagram um, about Bruce as well. Looking at the New Orleans basketball landscape now, obviously the team – the Pelicans have been here since 02 when they were the New Orleans Hornets, now the New Orleans Pelicans. How far has uh, the scene here in New Orleans from a basketball standpoint come since Bruce's days all the way to now? Oh, I think it's, it's definitely evolved. I mean, the times have changed anyway. I mean, just with social media and everything. I mean, so um, you look at where this team is now. I mean, you go from some of the players who, you know, you think about the Chris Pauls and the Andy Davis and those guys. And, and now you got Zion Williamson, who's one of the biggest – biggest names in basketball, which is a reason the Pelicans are on TV as much as they are this season. I mean, it's just um, – and I think the fans in the city – I mean, if this team wins, I think the fans will just start picking up more and more. And I think you've seen the enthusiasm pick up even last year. You go back to that um, that scrimmage or practice they had with Zion's first practice and the Smoothie King Center was full. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you how far basketball has come in this city. And obviously, I wouldn't I wouldn't hear for the um, – you know, the – back in the day when the Jazz were here. But um, obviously, I mean, it's, it's looked like basketball is really – I mean, you see Pelicans jerseys around town now. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned Zion Williamson. And those are the jerseys you, you do see a lot around the city. But what what do you think he can do to even elevate the, the basketball makeup here in New Orleans just from his time spent here? Obviously, you mentioned Chris Paul and the Anthony Davises. Um, but I feel like Zion's just on a different level as far as his global popularity. What could he do to impact the city of New Orleans as far as um, the basketball market here? I think if he, you know, he's he's going to be on Sports Center every night because of his, just his athleticism. I mean, he's so explosive. Um, we really haven't seen a guy come to the league like that since LeBron James, you know, almost 20 years ago. And um, so I think Zion could, I think he could be that type of guy. And the thing about it is he doesn't have to do it by himself. They have, you know, have Brandon uh, Ingram on his team, who was an all-star last year. So I don't think Zion has to carry the entire load, but I do think that he's the guy that, you know, will be the face of the franchise and also could be the face of the league. Exciting times here uh, for Pelicans basketball Friday, the home lone preseason game, and then they open up next week against the Raptors. Uh, I wanted to at least ask you about the Pelicans while I have you on here and just kind of what are your expectations? Was what are your thoughts on the makeup of this team and the new pieces and Bledsoe and Adams combined with the young talent you have in B.I. and Zion? Uh, what are your expectations for this team this year? Um, I don't want to base this team on one preseason game, right. but I really like what I saw uh, in the preseason opener against the Heat. And I just think uh, – I think Van Gundy has come in here, and I think he sort of gave this team a little bit more direction. I think they really – they just seem – the attitude seemed a little different. They just – I can, I think defensively I think they're going to be better, and I think that's a – a really big key to success is how good you play on that end of the court. I think, you know, you look at what they did against Miami the other night, they only gave up 94 points, which is better than they had done all of last season. And again, it was preseason. So I mean, I want to put that in the right perspective, but uh, I just think it bodes well to see the team playing play as well on, on the defensive end. And I think that'll, that gets you some extra wins right there alone. Absolutely. Should be a fun season. And of course, make sure you follow Rod Walker um, folks. How can folks follow you on Twitter, Rod? On Twitter, it's uh, Rod Walker Nola, and yeah, that's it, Rod Walker Nola. My store is on nola.com. 
Yeah, Noel.com, Time Speaking Union Advocate, does great work, uh, not just for the Pelicans, but Saints and everything sports-wise uh, in this city. Ron, I appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the season and really great article again on Bruce Seals. Uh, I, I enjoyed the reading, and I, I hope folks can go check it out. Appreciate the time. All right, thanks, man. All right, good stuff there. I really appreciate the time from Joel and AD. Again, Pelicans and Bucks preseason finale. It's going to be weird to see Drew Holiday in the Milwaukee Bucks uniform. I know there's only supposed to be around 750 people inside the Smoothie King Center, but that's a chance for you to tune in to Fox Sports New Orleans, 7 p.m. Central Time with Joel, AD, and Jen Hale. And then on the radio side, Todd Graffinini, John DeShazer, Caroline Gonzalez on the call, and I'll have Pelicans warm up for you starting at 6.30. Hope you all have a great weekend. We're finally here. Basketball season is upon us. And until next week, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.